Hello ladies and welcome to the Amazing Bible Book Club. I'm Julie Callio, your host, and thank you so very much for taking time out of your busy schedules to tune in with me today. If by chance you want to contact me, you can do that at theab.bc.pc at gmail.com. Well, today we are finishing up this amazing book of Hebrews with the last two chapters, 12 and 13. As the writer does many times, verse 1 of chapter 12 starts with, Therefore, it continues with, Therefore, since we also have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us. Now the word cloud could mean cloud, and it could also mean a large number like the word throng. When we look at this verse in context, it seems clear that the great cloud of witnesses are the people of faith that the writer has just mentioned and all the people of faith that he did not have time to mention, all of which died waiting for the promise. One verse that I forgot to mention yesterday was in that hall of faith, chapter 11, verse 6, and without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. One thing I want to note is, as the holidays are approaching, there are shirts and signs that talk of faith and believe, but in what? The faith mentioned in the Bible is faith in God through his son, Jesus Christ. If you have ever asked yourself, how can I please God? The answer is given in chapter 11, verse 6. Believe him, have faith in him, and when we do, he blesses us. Back to chapter 12. Therefore, since we also have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us and run with endurance the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that lay before him endured the cross and despised the shame and is sat down at the right hand of God's throne. Since we are not alone in this race, we are to lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us. There are two things here. There are things that are not sin, but that weigh us down and they keep us from running our best. And then there is sin in our lives that so easily entangles us. We need to lay both of these things down so that we can run with endurance. And if you notice, it's the race that lies before us. God has the path laid out before us to run. And the Lord will guide our way as we keep our eyes on him. For the longest time, I had the picture of Jesus at the finish line with his arms wide open, ready for me to cross the finish line. But now that two of my sons are runners, and one has done cross country and they both have done marathons, the picture has changed in my mind. Partly because those races are so long that you can't see the finish line until you're almost on it. But you can see the runners in front of you. Jesus is the author of our faith. He started it and he is in the process of perfecting it. He is our forerunner. So he's the runner up ahead. 
that if we can just keep pace with or gain stride with, he will help us get across the finish line. And all those who came before us are on the sidelines cheering us on. You got this. Don't give up. Get up. Keep going. You're almost there. Jesus endured because his eyes were focused above. And now he sits at the right hand of God's throne. Then verses 3 through 13 are words of encouragement to not give up. Consider Jesus who suffered and died by shedding his blood. Also keep in mind that as a Christian you are now a child of God. And because the Father loves you, he disciplines you so that you become more like him. So stay strong. Then verses 14 through 17, encourage the reader to encourage others to stay faithful. We are to pursue peace with everyone and to pursue holiness. For without these, no one will see the Lord. People should be able to see that we are different because Jesus is in us. And when they see us, they should have a glimpse of what Jesus looks like. We are also to be watchful that no one falls short of God's grace and that no root of bitterness springs up, causing trouble and defiling many. When I was a young minister's wife, I taught a senior adult ladies Sunday school class. They complained about their husbands and everything else for the first half hour of the class period. I would go home many Sundays and cry out, Oh God, I don't want to be a bitter old woman. I don't want to be a bitter old woman. Please don't make me a bitter old woman. And one day the Lord clearly said to me, Then don't be a bitter young woman. Ladies, there are many hurts that happen in life that can make us bitter if we're not careful. The first step is to recognize it and then work through it with Jesus' help so that it does not take hold of our heart. Sometimes the pain is so great that it seems impossible to forgive and let go. But Jesus is there to help and just lay it at his feet and tell him, you want to let go of the bitterness, but you're not sure how, but you are willing to let him do a work in you and then just wait and see what God will do. Then the writer said we are to make sure no one in the fellowship of believers is immoral or irreverent like Esau, whose story is found in Genesis chapter 25, verses 29 through 34, who sold his birthright in exchange for a single meal. In verses 18 through 29, the writer compares Mount Sinai, where Moses received the Ten Commandments, and Mount Zion, the heavenly Jerusalem. Mount Sinai had a blazing fire, darkness, gloom, a whirlwind with the blast of a trumpet and sounds of words which were frightening. This story can be found in Exodus chapter 19 and 20 and then in Deuteronomy chapter 4, 5 and then 9. Mount Zion is God's city. It is heavenly with tons of angels and the spirits of the righteous made perfect. The believers in Jesus and Jesus is there who is the mediator of this new covenant because he shed his blood. Mount Zion is mentioned in the Old Testament in Joel chapter 2 verse 32, Amos chapter 1 verse 2, and Micah chapter 4. Then the writer said in verse 25, 
See to it that you do not refuse him who is speaking. For if those did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, much less will we escape who turn away from him who warns from heaven. The earthly kingdom is shakable, but the heavenly one cannot be shaken. And because of that, let us show gratitude by which we may offer to God an acceptable service with reverence and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. Leon Morris said, Our God is not to be trifled with. Chapter 13 then continues with, Because of these truths, this is how we are to live. We are to love one another, show hospitality to strangers, remember the prisoners and the ill-treated, Marriage is to be honored. We are not to be greedy. Remember those who taught you the truth about Jesus and imitate their faith. Then verse 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Make sure your doctrine is true because truth strengthens us by grace. Verses 15 and 16 read, Through him then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is, the fruit of lips that give thanks to his name and do not neglect doing good and sharing. For with such things God is pleased. The writer continues, We are to obey and submit to our leaders because they keep watch over our souls as those who will give an account. Then he asked for prayer so that they would live honorable lives with a clean conscience. The letter or word of exhortation ends with hope that he comes to visit soon. His blessing to them is found in verses 20 and 21. Now the God of peace who brought up from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the eternal covenant, even Jesus our Lord, equip you in every good thing to do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. He tells them to hold on to this word of exhortation and that Timothy has been released. So it seems that Timothy was imprisoned, possibly in Rome. They were to greet the leaders and one another. The writer sends greetings from Italy and then verse 25. Grace be with all of you. Arthur W. Pink calls this letter, the exhortation to steadfastness. So ladies, let me ask you, how is your peace level? Have you allowed bitterness to seep in? Are you weighted down with something? Is there some sin that you are tangled up in? How well are you running the race? Remember, you are never alone. Keep your eyes on Jesus. And as we submit to him, and as we allow his Holy Spirit to do a work in us, we will grow in holiness. We can start today by singing his praises, giving thanks for who he is and what he has done for us, and then sharing what God has blessed us with to others. Just like with Abraham, we are blessed so that we can be a blessing to others so that the world can see God then God will be proud to call us his family. Oh, ladies, let us take hold of this exhortation 
as we look forward to Christ's return. Until next time, and thank you so very much for listening.